welcome back to the How I Ripped Off by the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Chip Thompson and I'm joined as always by MC. That would be me. And this is an episode of season four, which I've forgotten, of Tamora Gason, <laughs> Misdirection, part one. What happened last time, MC? Uh, we got to see some uh, marriage counselling, Tamora Gason style, <laughs> as Melvin, the very sad sounding wizard, found out that he has been cucked by his wife for like the fourth time or whatever, which... We've all been there, and I think we've all tried to summon some <laughs> demon palace that was going to end the thing. world. Yeah, we've all been a cucked wizard at some point, right? <laughs> <laughs> Title of your sex. Anyway, um, so yes, uh, the, the landlord wizard, whose name I've forgotten. Terry. Terry. How could Terry. you? I know, he's the, the best, best character. character. Uh, he warned the gang that things were afoot and the end of the world was going to end. Blah, blah, blah. So MC raced to stop Melvin. And he just wasn't able to. Nope. But luckily, those lovable anti-heroes, the <laughs> December form, came along and they shot Melvin's wife. <laughs> like the true heroes they are. <laughs> they killed a woman in cold blood. <laughs> shot her in the back in front of her husband, who still loved her despite all the things. Uh, but yes, that was enough to... Um, Stop Melvin from his demon temple architecture, remodelling, redecorating. Yeah, they stopped the end of the world purely so they could end it themselves. Yes, which is the most hilariously petty thing. I want to do it. I cannot think of anything more petty. (laughs) Well, you obviously don't know me that well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's find out what's going to happen with the misdirection in this episode, MC, Mm. as we get into misdirection part one. Previously on Tomorrow Gason. The sign painter had finished, and as he stepped back, he revealed the new name on the bed and breakfast wall. The Tokyo Memorial Bed and Breakfast. As he walked away, a figure walked past the sign. Reading it, Mrs. Lansbury started to laugh. Oh, get your soul, foolish being. <laughs> Opening the letter, a small white piece of paper fell out. MC picked it up off the floor and opened it out. In blank ink, it simply read, The Apocalypse. Are you ready? Right on cue. MC said as he slipped the letter back into its envelope. Ever hear of the December form, MC? I've heard the name. The source is dead now, so I'm familiar with what they do. Well, allow me to fill you in. We, the December form, are an organisation who are set upon ending the world. Read any cryptic letters lately? You send those letters. Bingo! This December form you speak of, they have a lot of power. They will cause damage, heartache to so many, the young and old alike. That's just great. Now, where can I find them and stop them? This I cannot help you with, good traveller. My morality aside, This form have no ancient links to the underworld and its cousins. They are alone. Men playing with toys of destruction. So, Victor was telling the truth. MC mused. Damn it. Right, so like I said, I might be able to help. Firstly, I've dabbled in magic before. I might be able to knock up a simple protection spell for your place. You'll need to stay a password, that sort of thing. It's a bed and breakfast. Louise added. What about the guests? I can install a failsafe for all human travellers. Add a warning sign to it for any immediate danger. There's a building. 
It looks like an office block to let, but the windows are all boarded up, and there's only one entrance and exit underneath. Throw a secret walkway. How do I get to this walkway? You need special clearance from a member. One of the members, he's a warlock, good with magic. So, where are we? Louise asked. We're still in the process of finding out more about the December form. We've heard squat from them since we fought those samurai guys. Well, I guess that is good news. I disagree. MC rained on Louise's parade. By the sounds of things, they've been locked away somewhere, planning their apocalypse. It was the only way! MC turned and saw Vic <gasps> standing behind him with two other men, all of whom held guns. You... you shot her. MC said. We have been watching you, ninja. Tanis said. MC glared at the three men. The end of the world will happen soon, Vic said with great confidence, but only by our hands. The December form turned their backs on MC and walked away. MC watched them leave, feeling himself getting angrier and angrier. They had saved the entire world, but for how long? The Tokyo Memorial bed and breakfast was quiet. Not a sound echoed through the building apart from the rumble of the heating pipes and an old man snoring on the third floor. They only seem to get old people coming to visit. <laughs> I wonder if it's like a really old lady kind of being being just doilies everywhere and like those creepy dolls and pictures oh, of old dolls. And... Yeah, is it the name? Is there something about Tokyo Memorial that makes a bunch of old people think, "Ooh, that sounds nice." Maybe because it sounds like death, and they're all going to die soon. <laughs> How? Yeah, yeah, Memorial. I was yeah. thinking Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> There weren't many guests currently populating the B&B. The scene and commotion with Terry trying to complete a protection spell earlier that day, and what with the problem of a minor apocalypse when the warlock Melvin tried to destroy everything. How do you have a minor apocalypse? <laughs> oh yeah, just a touch of the apocalypse today, nothing to worry about. Just part of the world ended? Yeah. I don't know, would that count as an apocalypse? Like, if everywhere except Guernsey blew up... And it was just Guernsey left. A bunch of people in Guernsey rubbing their hands together. Finally, the world belongs to Guernsey. The December form are a lot like Guernsey. Release the cows. <laughs> I don't know anything about Guernsey. They have cows? They Do they? I think so. Okay. Sorry to our listeners in Guernsey. <laughs> but stop trying to end the world, you pricks. <laughs> there weren't many guests currently populating the B&B. The scene and commotion with Terry trying to complete a protection spell earlier that day. And what with the problem of a minor apocalypse when the warlock Melvin tried to destroy everything, Gav, Louise and Jay hadn't had much time for cleaning guest rooms and cooking food. Yeah, they kind of are the worst B&B hosts in a way, aren't they? Yeah, the whole combining world saving and B&B thing is, is not a good combination. No, I don't think they really thought that one through. It's like, hey, come stay at our bed and breakfast that gets attacked once a week. <laughs> and also, we'll cook your dinner where we burn all the bodies. <laughs> the result meant some guests had left. There were only three rooms booked at this specific moment. An elderly couple that had been there for a while, and two rooms of backpackers who were only using the room as a bed for the night as they passed through London. Is this the old couple Louise took out on a little jaunt around London? Oh yeah, and just yeah. took them to Big Ben like ten times in a row. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and here we have the clock again. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see it's showing a different time now. <laughs> you notice that the hands move. <laughs> it was only about 10pm. Louise walked into the reception area from the living room and checked the bottom drawer at the check-in desk. The front door of the B&B suddenly swung open and MC walked quickly inside, not bothering to close the door, letting it swing shut by itself. 
oh, he's such a bad boy. Oh, but he's got like a leather jacket. And as soon as he walked in, there was like a guitar rift as well. Like, yeah. He stormed past the desk and went to head upstairs. FC! Louise called out from under the desk. He didn't stop. Louise stood up and called out again. MC, you're alive! We didn't know what happened. One minute you were on the phone telling us everything was okay, the threat was gone, and then so were you. The December form. They turned up. MC turned to face Louise. They shot Melvin's wife, and then Melvin killed himself. So, they saved the world? Louise said, confused. Only so they could destroy it. I feel like they're, they're doing our job here. We did all yeah. this in the uh, in the previously, like, yeah. and then they're summing up as well. So sorry, dear listener, this is probably the third time you've heard this now. The harsh tone in MC's voice let Louise know he was royally pissed off. Did I hear that right? Gav said, coming in from the living room. He was followed by Jay, who was clutching Amy. What do we do now? Jay asked. I'm going to take them out before they get around to their version of Armageddon. MC walked up the stairs. Louise went after him. So this is kind of taking place almost immediately after the last episode, in a yeah. way. Because wasn't MC... Ch- didn't he chase Melvin to Birmingham, which was in Norfolk or something? Was that what it was? Something like... It was out in the middle of the country. Yeah, where... it was a big field. Yeah. Yeah, with the demon temple underneath the ground. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to take them out before they get around to their version of Armageddon. MC walked up the stairs. Louise went after him. We can just charge in after them without knowing anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. That sounds like a really good idea. Louise, the strategist of the group. (laughs) Why don't we just run in screaming? (laughs) Close your eyes and everything will be fine. We can just charge in after them without knowing anything. Like how much security they've got, where they are, for instance. MC, we couldn't even stop Melvin, yet they managed to. We've got to think about this. Louise. Firstly, they killed an innocent woman to stop Melvin. And secondly, I didn't say you lot were going. I'm going in alone. MC! I'm not discussing this any further, Louise. I'm not going to put anyone else at risk. Apart from yourself! Louise shouted. MC and Louise reached MC's bedroom. The ninja walked in and reached under his bed. He pulled out a large wooden box, which he lifted and placed on his bed. He opened it up and took out some of the weapons inside. He tucked half a dozen throwing stars into his jacket pocket and also placed a small sword about half the size of a normal into the buckle of his belt and wrapped his jacket around it. Okay, but there's nothing wrong with having a small sword, okay? (laughs) I mean, who who decides what's a normal size, (laughs) hey? I mean, that it says about half the size of a normal. (laughs) (laughs) Like all the other swords, just like, look at that small sword. (laughs) Don't like that kind round here. MC turned to leave, but Louise was standing in the doorway. He glared at her. You've always given us a choice when it came to these sorts of fights, Louise said. When Jack attacked us at the mansion with his undead army, you told us we didn't have to fight. We did. When Chip was going through his evil phase, you said to us, we didn't have to be there, but we stayed. Like his goth phase, or his, <laughs> his punk phase, his evil phase. I don't know, we're just oh, constantly yeah. downplaying it. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean all teenagers go through their apocalypse phase, so they're trying to end the world again. We didn't have to follow you to England to confront Harato, but here we are. Jay and me don't have superpowers. We're not trained in fighting like Gav, but we've always fought by your side. And it was always our choice. So previously, MC has been... Previously on Tomorrow Days. MC has sort of distanced himself from the gang. He hasn't been telling them stuff and that kind of thing. There was a brief moment where it 
seemed like he was back in touch. Yeah. But then it was all a facade. It was very a minimal amount of things he told them, wasn't he? And it was very sort of, um, he was like, hey guys, don't worry, I'll talk to you more now. Yeah. And then he left and he was like, but actually, and so he wouldn't tell them anything. <laughs> And I think Louise is kind of picking up on that in a way. She's like, you're not going to push us yeah. aside now. I yeah, quite yeah. like that speech from Louise. You know, yeah. she makes some very good points. And I think especially for Louise and Jay, where, they, yeah, they don't have superpowers. Mm. Uh, they don't know how to fight. I mean, they probably <laughs> do by now. <laughs> yeah. I would hope yeah, that yeah. they took like a, a boxer size class or something. <laughs> Taekwondo white belt now. There's one difference now, Louise. MC said. I'm not giving you a choice. He brushed past her and headed downstairs. It's going to get dark, dark MC, I don't like it. Evil switch. Gav and Jay were still standing at the bottom, and Jay called out as MC went out of the front door. What's a backup? Guess not! Gav answered Jay. What is that guy's problem? Do you think MC's going to realise that he needs the gang? I hope so. I mean, the way this season's kind of going, it just feels like they're just constantly going to be fractured and it feels yeah. like it's going to be harder and harder for them to come back together in the end to win yeah. the day. Yeah. Hmm. He's been through a lot, Gav. Jay said. He's just doing what he thinks is best. Plus, he looked in a real foul mood. Guy's got a serious attitude problem if you ask me. MC's just stubborn. Louis said, joining Gav and Jay, who passed her Amy. Reckon he'll stop the December form? Let's hope so. I can't take another apocalypse. They give me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, ice cold, man. <laughs> Fucking ice cold. I like that Louise is worried about a headache <laughs> during the apocalypse. She's so blase about apocalypse. Oh, another one. I didn't stock up on paracetamol. <laughs> Let's hope so. I can't take another apocalypse. They give me a headache. Louise walked into the living room and sat down in the armchair. Gav followed her. I'm going to head down to the pub, guys. Jay said. Speak to Terry. Make sure her protection spell is up and running still. Jay grabbed his jacket and left the B&B. This place is making me a little crazy at the moment, Louis said. At least Terry put the protection spell on before he left. We're safe in here. I know. Do you think I'd be used to all this now? Ultimate evils trying to end the world and scary bumpy things. Is that like a knock on their looks or (laughs) (laughs) judging them right now? (laughs) But trying to get this place running and into the profit margin and trying to look after Amy. It's all just a bit much. I could give you a massage. Gav offered. Maybe later, honey. I'm going to feed Amy and then put her down for a nap. Louise smiled. For the longest time, I feel like Louise has been the one trying to hold it all together. Yeah. In a way, it kind of makes sense for her to be just so tired of all the shit and everything they go through. Yeah, she's put up with so much shit. And, like, even... uh, I guess also, like, when shit went evil, she, in a way physically at least suffered the most yeah. in that she was pushed down the stairs and yeah. everything yeah. in a wheelchair for ages and you know the thing like Louise and Jay and MC and Chip are the original gang they're yeah. going to be the cl- my closest knit as yeah. well so that betrayal from Chip's probably going to hurt more yeah yeah and I, I kind of like the idea that they're just becoming a bit world weary as well yeah I mean it's going to happen sooner or later yeah if you she said apocalypse is give her a headache <laughs> for fuck's sake you can't get more world weary than that in a way though and again in a roundabout way that's kind of like Oh, we're, there's so many. She's almost used to it now. It's yeah, more normalised yeah, for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh, well done, the well, 17 year old That was fantastic. Stuart screeched, swinging his glass of rum around. Oh, he's off the shandies then. <laughs> Did you see that? They weigh she doubled in two when we shot that bitch. God, I wish I had time to go out, bone mur- and murder a hooker. 
Oh, is we... he a baddie? Is he? Is he a baddie though? I can't tell. We don't like Stuart. No. But he is a baddie. I don't know yeah. if that's, that's clear or not. It's a bit too subtle. It's in the subtext. Yeah. Well, we haven't got time, Stuart, Vic said. That ninja and his friends will probably be looking to stop us as quickly as possible now. Relax, Jesus Christ. We're going to kill every man, woman and kid on this bloody planet. God, I can't wait. Just got this image of Stuart, like, stroking himself while he's saying all this. Absolutely. You won't have to. We're ending it. Tonight. (gasps) Tonight? What the? Are you sure? I've put a lot of money into this project. I don't want it to go tits up. Stuart had started to yell, but clammed himself as he... Oh, but like, mate, oh. I think you need to change your trousers. <laughs> We're just putting buckets of clams down there. <laughs> Stuart had started to yell, but clammed himself as he swallowed the rest of his drink, shuddering as the alcohol hit his system. I like how he's worried about money when he's trying to literally end the world. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. Well, yes, thing is, with rich cunts, yeah. is they're rich cunts and they still yeah. die. I just imagine like the world ending, and he's like, "Oh no, my stocks! <laughs> but the stock how, market! No!" How the rich become rich, MC? Yeah, you know they just By ending the world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and boning hookers, but in the serial killer sense, and putting clams all over your body. <laughs> I wouldn't put this project at risk. I have it on good terms. It is all ready to go. I don't want good terms, you fat git. I want it on seal of approval. I want it to be damn well known that it's ready to fly. It is happening tonight. We will be the first section of the December form to successfully destroy the world. After what happened in the Midlands earlier today, it's a sign that we must act quickly. Screw that. I'm not going to be beaten. Stuart was yelling uncontrollably now and squared up to Vic. Little bits of wit foam appeared on the corner of Stuart's mouth as he shouted. I paid for this apocalypse, and I will go down in history as the man that did it. But there's not going to be any history. <laughs> it's all going to go. He's not really thinking very far no. ahead, is he? He's too busy clamming himself. <laughs> He's like those people on the internet you see are like, oh, we can't feed the foreigners, we've got to help the homeless, but also don't feed all the children that are really close to being homeless. <laughs> you may have paid for most of our work here, Stuart. Vic spoke slowly and calmly. But I'm the one who brought all of this together. I steer the rudder here. And I say when we're ready to set sail. And that's tonight. You better be ready. He's, oh, even the, the, the metaphors he uses. I steer the rudder and I say, <laughs> OK, everyone, are you all ready to set sail on the apocalypse? Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> wow. You've even got a sailor hat. That's wonderful, Charles. I'm really leaning into this child TV presenter <laughs> thing with Vic. Stuart scoffed and staggered over to the familiar spot of his, near the drinks cabinet. Vic walked in the other direction, opening a small door near the back of the office inside the large building of the December form. Inside, Tannis sat with his knees crossed, muttering a few words to himself. He had several candles around him in the shape of a demonic symbol. Mm -mm. I hope there's not any Latin there. (laughs) How's the progress? Vic asked. They'll all be kept busy while we complete our task. Tanis replied, opening his eyes. And the security entrance? Guarded. And the access code is safe. Vic nodded. It's like a, a, a post-it note on the door that says <laughs> access code underneath. And it says, don't look. 
I like to think they just put it in a drawer next to the door or something <laughs> like that. Like, the key and no, nothing MC could ever find. <laughs> and the semaphore, they're not messing around. They're going for it now. Yeah. They're like, right, apocalypse, push the button, do the thing or whatever it is they do. It says something about being ready to fly. I wonder if, I wonder if it's a... Is it a plane? Are they just going to drop a nuke? I wasn't sure if that was like a bad yuppie metaphor or mm, something. You know, yeah. It's like, hey, that business deal is not going to fly, man. Sport. Uh, 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 bloke. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know business. <laughs> the King's Crown pub was surprisingly busy. In the corner, by a small screen television, were a group of seven or so football fans. They all stood around the telly, cheering on their team on the highlight show, and screamed obscenities at the ref when things didn't go their way. On the table behind them were many empty pint glasses. A couple of older gentlemen sat on the other side of the pub, near the jukebox, both nattering hour at each other about their wives and pensions. That's what old people talk about. (laughs) Terry was sat behind the bar, reading a book. Jay approached the bar and sat down. Hey, Terry. He said, What could I get you, young Jay? Terry slid the book down onto the counter. Jay ordered his drink and Terry poured. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know why that made me laugh. Jay ordered his drink and Terry poured, going back to his book, not even bothering to ask for the money for the drink. What a bro. I guess they, on the house, you know, for all the, uh, well, you got rid of the dick pill demon, so (laughs) you don't drink, you drink for free here. (laughs) Busy tonight. Jay tried to make conversation. Ah, they only come in here to watch the footy as they've been barred from every other pub in London. Terry nodded to the football hooligans in the corner. Literally every pub. <laughs> How many pubs every do you think are in London? Every single one. <laughs> and I, like, I didn't take them as football hooligans at the start. I just took them as football fans because they're just yelling at the referee and stuff like that. But no, they're hooligans, aren't they? Banned from every pub. <laughs> they don't seem to be causing any trouble here, though. Terry just shrugged. Thanks for doing that spell, by the way. It's nice living in a place that's protected. You know how many times we've been attacked there? I can't believe we've even still got a business going. <laughs> He's not wrong. Terry remained silent. Are you okay? Jay asked. Well, we just avoided the end of all existence. A very powerful group is threatening the very same thing. And I lost two of my friends today. Oh, Terry. Oh, I want to give him a hug. I know. Are you okay, Terry? Melvin and Kane. Jay knowingly said. Oh, I hadn't seen them for a while. Well, they were good people, oh, you know, despite what happened. <laughs> all he did, all he did was try to end the world. All she did was cheat on her husband for years and years and years. Because <laughs> she did want to just break up with him. Nah, but... Solid people, you know, yeah. Like those football hooligans, they're all right. <laughs> ah, you know, they just bombed a mosque. <laughs> Do mean it though, they said sorry after. <laughs> All fa- all's fair in love and war. <laughs> MC did do everything he could for them, Terry. Oh no, he did. Terry sighed. I just wish I could have done more, you know. Like if I hadn't sent Kate to the Midlands with MC, she'd... The December form would have stopped it somehow. Don't blame yourself. I oh, know you're right, mate. It's just hard to take. Well, if it makes you feel any better... MC left on his own tonight to try and take them out. Jay said. What? Yeah, just came in and then left again with a few weapons. He can't take them out by himself. we got to go help him. I tried to offer him some backup, but he didn't want it. He hasn't been himself lately. Jay sipped his drink. 
Jay seems very relaxed about this. <laughs> just They're sipping so his Guinness. Jade, and... Like we said, they're just so jaded about apocalypses. They're yeah. just like, yeah, going to the pub. But is it in a sort of like, they've got confidence in MC to be able to stop it? Or I are they just, just like... burnt out on it, to be honest. It's really or, sad. Or even just that they... Do you think it's a false sense of security? Like there have been so many apocalypses that MC or Chip or whoever has always stopped at the last minute. It's like the boy who cried apocalypse. <laughs> I, I don't know because they, I mean, obviously Louis put up an objection to MC going by himself. Yeah. But then he just went. Yeah. And I, I guess they can't really stop him. Yeah. But then they're just sort of chilling because... Yeah, I mean, they could follow him. I guess they don't know that the Simple Form's going to end it tonight. That's true. But still, MCE is going up against a group that has a lot of resources uh, when they don't have any. And he's just got a small sword, MC, not a normal-sized one. <laughs> I guess this has happened before, though. This, this is like the millionth time that MC's gone off. You know, they've gone yeah. to fight against overwhelming odds yeah. to prevent the end of the world, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, you know, when a fire alarm goes off too many times, yeah. and you're like, yeah. oh, it's not a fire, it's just a drill. <laughs> But I do find that I know really just depressing though mm. that they're all just so jaded and done. Maybe mm. that was me writing this. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this to end. <laughs> London was still fairly busy at this time of night, but the area MC was in was pretty quiet. He had found the December Forms building, a large office block that looked like it had been closed down, but the light still poured out of the boarded up windows. There was no visible way in on the surface, and MC didn't want to announce his arrival to the December Form so he had sneaked around the back of the building, hoping to find the hidden entrance he had been told about. Oh yeah, it was the SWAT member, wasn't it? That kind of leaked, like, there's one one way in, one way out yeah. sort of thing. But don't worry, that access code is safe. <laughs> <laughs> they put the numbers backwards, so you'll never work it out. It's one, two, three, four. <laughs> Who would ever guess that? Again, no entrance or exit. But just opposite the back of the building was an abandoned car park. Again, it was closed off. But MC noticed the security guards on patrol just inside. Seems strange for a place supposedly not in use. Mm, a clue. Mm, how sus. Mm. Mm. Waiting for the guard on the outside to turn his back and sticking to the shadows, MC climbed over the fence and landed on the other side in complete silence. Oh, I wonder if this will be his ninja moment. I was going to say, yeah. Because yeah. Chip got one, obviously. Yeah. This could be MC's. He moved again into the shadows as the guards turned away. MC worked his way inside hiding behind concrete blocks and in the darkness, watching the guard's pattern of movements. <laughs> like a video game. Yeah, you basically. Know, the guards just have one movement. They don't just freely walk around or anything like that. And as long as you're not directly in front of them, they can't see you. <laughs> I like to think MC's hiding in like, some, some slightly taller grass and like just standing there looking at them and they're like, yeah, all clear here. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Must have been the wind. MC worked his way inside, hiding behind concrete blocks and in the darkness, watching the guards' pattern of movements. The guards had obviously had some good training as they moved in defensive patterns, checking every nook and cranny of the car park. It's playing on hard. <laughs> I like to, they've got like a cone of vision. You can yeah, think yeah. MC's got a little mini map in the corner. <laughs> MC used his speed and reactions to easily sneak past all of the guards without being noticed. It didn't say ninja speed, I know. though. And ninja reactions. Is it assumed, though, because he's being a ninja? Well, I hope so, but I seem to have got away from that slightly in this season. My card, you're a slightly better writer. <laughs> oh, thank fuck, can you imagine? <laughs> in the middle of the car park was a ramp that led down. As MC walked down it, the concrete became mud and dirt, and at the bottom there was no car park spaces, just a long walkway that seemed to lead underground and towards the December Forms building. MC hurried along down this walkway, ever watchful for more guards. It doesn't seem that well protected. Like, I... I 
it doesn't seem like the car park's got like thousands of guards patrolling it or anything like that. Just a fence or you can use security to climb. cameras. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder if this is a trap or some sort. I did wonder if in all fairness, the December form. I mean, they know they've got MC as an enemy, mm. but who else is really going to know and try and take them out? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they maybe they feel a bit too secure. Yeah, I I, I suspect this is a trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they know that MC is going to try some shit. At some point, even if it's not necessary tonight. Or maybe they're still spying on him. Yeah, maybe. Didn't they have spies? They were watching the B&B once. Whether or not they still do that or not, who knows. It's done, Tannis said, walking out of the room where he had been performing the spell, rejoining Vic and Stuart in the office. Excellent! Vic swivelled round in his chair. (laughs) Is he trying to do a Bond villain thing? (laughs) He's he's got his back to... (laughs) Tatadis and he swivels round, stroking a cat. He tries to do a sinister voice, but it's just like, excellent, well done, Tannis, I'm really proud of you. He's so enthusiastic, he probably spins around a few times in the chair. <laughs> it's better be done, Stuart slurred his words, because I'm not going to stand for anything screwing up my life and not killing everyone else's. Not killing everyone else's life. <laughs> I mean, technically correct, I guess. I guess. He had steadily been drinking more and more, finishing off the bottle of rum and starting on the whiskey. Do you think Stuart is going to mess up the apocalypse because he's a drunken mess? Ooh, that'd be interesting. I did wonder if Tannis and Vic were going to be like, screw you, dude, and just kill yeah. him or something. Yeah. They got his money, so... Yeah. Tannis and Vic just ignored him and headed out of the office. Stuart started to follow, stumbling as he did, taking the whiskey bottle with him. The three stepped into the elevator at the end of the hall and pushed the button for the fourth floor. One floor below them. I don't know why I made that sinister. (laughs) Going down. (laughs) When they reached the bottom, they walked out into a huge room, one they could see from their office. A room that had had a dozen or so men or women in white coats, pushing buttons and pulling levers, all working for the December form. (laughs) They're like Oompa Loompas or something they got working there. Some for the money, others being held against their free will. That's interesting. I quite like that idea. They've got some... Believers, I guess. It, it makes sense in terms of the, like, you know, mad scientists wanted to end the world. <laughs> Competitive salary. Excellent benefits. <laughs> but, like, what is... How would you kind of justify that in a way? Because it's like, right, if you don't work for us and help us end the world, we'll kill you. I guess, like, horrible torture, short-term pain. Yeah, yada, yeah, yada. I guess, Or maybe... I guess. Maybe they say, oh, we have a bunker where we'll keep your family safe or something. That could work. Some for money, others being held against their own free will. One of the captors was George. He was in his late 70s and had been a nuclear scientist in his day, but had retired a long time ago. His wife had been killed by Stuart, oh no, Mm -hmm. and his grandchildren threatened unless he helped the December form. There we go. Well, I guess that would work, yeah. I mean, it's still like, I mean, your grandkids are going to die anyway, because the world will end. Yeah. But I can understand, you know, gun to their heads, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Are we on schedule? Vic asked George. No, Mr. Ainsworth, we are way ahead of schedule. We haven't performed any tests and have no indication if our completion of this device was successful so how wait how can they be way ahead of schedule if they haven't performed any tests i guess in terms of producing it like it's ready it's made and ready to go they just haven't tested it so it's like we're ahead of schedule but we haven't done the test yet yeah sure that sounds like an excuse to me george come on (laughs) no matter just tell me the access codes and the operation procedure and your work here will be done 
I will not be pushed around by you or your people any longer. I am going to burn all the codes and procedures before you can get your hands on them. George went to hurry away, but Vic pulled out his gun. I mean, George, why didn't you decide this about five minutes earlier? (laughs) Just, you know, you can see the elevator coming down. It's all done. (laughs) Everything (laughs) is completed. The only thing that can start is this piece of paper with all the codes and procedures on it. big button that press detonate. (laughs) I wouldn't do that if I were you. What are you going to do? Shoot me? Then you'd never be able to operate this thing. Vic shot George once in the forehead, killing him instantly. Ooh. Ooh, so much for that character. And Vic is cold as ice, you know? Yeah. Must have learned that working for the post office. <laughs> but a uh, nuclear device then, so we know how they're going to end it. It's, it's very pedestrian, isn't it? It is, in a way. If it, Again, we've kind of said they're kind of Bond villains in some senses. Yeah. Not just with the swivel chairs and yeah. nuclear device, but just <laughs> in the kind of the way they operate. I guess it is a contrast to the usual demons. Like, um, yeah. uh, the gang being like, oh yeah, another apocalypse, some yeah. demon palace temple thing. Yeah, <laughs> standard Thursday, isn't it? <laughs> Vic shot George once in the forehead, killing him instantly. I'm sure we'll manage. Vic stepped over George's body and instructed the team. Someone get me the access codes and procedure manual. Otherwise, you will all end up like this. It's nice that um, George took the time to write the manual out as well (laughs) before he decided to to rebel. (laughs) Illustrated it beautifully, spell checked it. It's colour coded and everything. (laughs) It's beautiful. Stuart said, looking up at the device George had referred to. I still don't trust modern technology, Tannis added. Don't worry, my friends, this baby will do the job. All members of the December form were now looking up at the large nuclear bomb that was in the middle of the room, suspended in a steel tray, ready to be moved up to the roof where it could be detonated. Presumably, they're doing hoping for like a chain reaction of nukes, right? Like, one nuke goes off, so... England is like, oh no, we got nukes, send nukes at Russia. And you, <laughs> you know, know what? The... I think I probably thought one nuclear bomb would end the world. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's a super duper nuclear bomb. Sure, why and not? And it will, like, they're in the exact spot where they need to be, but when they detonate it, it will. Earthquakes. Yeah, go down to the Earth's core and explode there and just ricochet out across the entire world or cool. something. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with it. <laughs> it's not that they've got. Like, how many nuclear bombs would it need, you need to, like, in the world. More than one. I mean, I don't know, but I think more than one. <laughs> a woman in the lab coat handed Vic a folder packed with papers. The codes for the bomb. Vic thanked her and told the others they had ten seconds to vacate the building. Why? Where are they going to go? Like, <laughs> this one bomb is going to end the world. They've got ten seconds. You better run quickly. <laughs> As the scientists hurried out of the room and the building, Stuart leant down by George's body and reached for his hand, shaking it. Well done, you old sod. You really did it. Here, have a drink on me. He poured some whiskey over the lifeless George. He's a bad guy. I don't know if you picked (laughs) up on this. He's not very nice. Are you ready? Vic asked Tannis. My distractions should be taking effect. We're clear to proceed. Tannis replied. Ooh. Ooh, he's got something in mind for the gang, I bet. Yeah, the mansion. The mansion. Oh, well. Bed and breakfast is going to get attacked again. God, that sounds so lamer, doesn't it? Oh, not the mansion. The bed and breakfast. (laughs) What was that? Jay asked, hearing some banging on the door of the King's Crown pub. We're closed. Terry announced to whoever was trying to enter the pub. 
What? You are? <laughs> One of the drunken yobs asked behind a burp. I can't be bothered to serve anyone else. Terry said to Jay. <laughs> I, I appreciate that attitude towards working. <laughs> I wish I could do that. <laughs> oh, I can't be bothered to serve anyone else. Terry said to Jay. Besides, the company in here are spending enough money. All fell quiet for a moment as the song from the jukebox finished. One of the old men in the corner got up, saying he was going to put some decent music on. None of that noise kids burn their ears with nowadays. <laughs> I never heard the expression burn their ears before. No, but we should make it one. When we get into our 80s, we'll start doing that. Villa gets the kind of uh, lame youth slang that a <laughs> middle-aged scriptwriter would come up with trying to sound cool. Like, hey, put on this tune. It'll burn your ears, man. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I've done. (laughs) The banging came again, louder and harder this time. Terry and Jay exchanged a quizzical look. We're closed. Another one of the yobs yelled. The others laughed. Jay got up off his stool and walked to the front door of the pub. He pulled back the curtain and peeped outside. He stared outside for a moment and then slowly closed the curtain again. What is it, mate? Terry asked. Zombies. (gasps) Jay said, fear in his voice. Lots of them. Uh, there's a while since we've had zombies. Aww. Yeah, this is cool. And I don't know, are they like proper zombies as opposed to the ones that can talk and have jobs? And like bowling? <laughs> <laughs> the sound of a siren going off interrupted Gav and Louise's conversation. What's that? Louise wanted to know. The protection spell! Gav replied. Someone's trying to attack! <sighs> Gav and Louise both ran out of the living room area and into the reception. They could see several vampires standing ah. outside trying to get in, but the protection spell held firm. It's quite old school, isn't it? Yeah. Zombies and vampires. I wonder if that's a little sort of nod back to, you know... Mm, the good old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weirdly, In my yes. day, we are proper undead. <laughs> Zombies and vampires. Why do you need anything else? Fucking werewolves. Inflatable werewolves. Fuck None off. of these monsters burning your ears. Come on. <laughs> Amy. Louise thought. Don't worry. If they're after her, she'll be safe. Did Gav just read her mind? <laughs> Amy, Louise thought, <laughs> thought. Maybe she's wearing a concerned expression on her face. Sure. But if you're worried after her, like she knows. <laughs> Gav's got mind reading powers. Oh my God. Oh my God. Don't worry. If they're after her, she'll be safe. Gav went behind the reception desk and picked up a wooden bat with a sharpened end. He waved it at the vampires and mocked them with the bat. They looked baffled as they tried to enter the bed and breakfast. They ain't getting through that spell anytime soon. There's no way in. Or out, Louise added. All we got to do is hang on until dawn and the sun will do the rest. If they don't get bored beforehand. The vampires snarled on the outside, becoming more frustrated at the spell that wouldn't let them in. Upstairs in the B&B, the curtain on the window of the attic was slid back as she looked down at the vampires. Pesky protection spell, she said. Let's see what we can do about that. The curtain closed and she headed downstairs. Ooh. Is it cold in here or is it just me? Louise said, feeling a chill in the reception. Uh-oh. <gasps> Mrs Lansbury, she's, she's back. back. I kind of oh. almost thought that you'd forgotten about her. She's been laying dormant and mm. waiting for a chance. The spooky ghost entity thing, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, the one that possessed roots. The one that was killing people for years and years in the mm. B&B. Now she's going to lower the protection spell. I guess. Ghosts can do that, apparently. Sure. Ooh, mystical things. <laughs> 
underneath the ground on the walkway between the car park and what MC presumed was the secret entrance to the December Forms headquarters, the ninja had been making his way along the dark tunnel, only lit by a few overhead lights for a few moments when he heard a noise. The sound of A chains being dragged along the floor. This was followed by a growl. A shadow appeared over the ceiling of the tunnel, and MC could just make out a figure in the distance. A big figure. Mm-mm. Shit. MC said, reaching for his sword. His small sword. No, there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. He's holding his... Sm- like, imagine, like, you know when the hobbits hold up a sword? Like, it's just kind of like that. But he's got to take a big figure on with his small sword. And it growls, and it's got chains. It's like Cerberus or something. Some Ooh. big guard doggy thing. I wonder if it'd be like werewolves chained up or something. Oh, that could be. Yeah, because we're kind of ticking off the boxes of monsters we've had True. in the past. The banging came harder on the door of the King's Crown as a swarm of zombies tried to crash their way in. Both Jay and Terry had their backs against the door, trying to barricade it shut. I just need any help. One of the older gentlemen called out. Grab some chairs. Jay said. Okay, young man. The two men dragged their chairs over to the front door and placed them in front of Terry and Jay. Get more. Terry instructed. Soon there was a stack of chairs and stools covering the front door, but that soon tumbled down as the zombies banged harder. We need to stop the gang in! A sense of panic came over Jay as the door started to come off its hinges. The pool table! Terry grabbed one end of the table near to where the football hooligans were watching and laughing. <laughs> they're, they're a lot of help, aren't they? <laughs> like, oh, good zombies, <laughs> hilarious. We're going to get you brazy, mate. <laughs> you fucking worker. <laughs> Jay and the two elderly men helped Terry push it towards the door, knocking over several drinks in the process. The table propped up the entrance to the pub and seemed to be keeping the zombies at bay. Oi! One of the yobs yelled, squaring up to Terry. You spilled my pint. I'll get you another one! Nah, it ain't about that. There's a certain code of conduct to a drinking in a pub such as this. You never spill a bloke's pint. This is why they got banned from every pub in London. <laughs> when Stupid zombies were attacking... Yeah. <laughs> The man poked Terry in the chest and burped. Suddenly, the zombies turned their attention away from the door and started to smash through the glass windows. Blame them! Terry said. They're the ones who have stopped you from drinking. He's right, James. One of the yobs in the corner yelled. <laughs> James, who seemed to lead the pack, picked up a pool cue and his friends followed. No one interrupts my drinking, he said. The two elderly men picked stood tall... Mm-hmm. Okay, one holding his walking stick in the air, the other with his umbrella. They don't seem to be reacting to zomb- the zombies. They're, they're zombies and they're like... Well, they're getting pool cues now to fight them off. Yeah, but at no point is anyone going, oh my God, zombies. <laughs> Maybe they can't tell they're zombies at the moment. Maybe they just... Oh no, didn't Jay say zombies? Yeah. Okay, the two elderly men picked stood tall, one holding his walking stick in the air, the other with his umbrella. Damn kids! Got any weapons? Jay asked Terry. The landlord of the pub ran behind the bar and pulled out a club and a very old shotgun with a couple of bullets. I guess they mean shells. (laughs) Jay went to pick up the gun, but Terry handed him the bat. (laughs) Get ready! Jay, slightly disappointed not to be holding the gun, instructed the pub. Wait until they get inside! The windows were just about to give way and the undead were about to pour in. And that's where we're going to end Misdirection Part 1. Well, what do we think of that episode, MC? There's a lot going for a Part 1. 
Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it's still it's, it's set up. It's all it's set up. Exciting setup. It's an interesting setup. Yeah. It's way better than the normal part ones. I know. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> I'm confused. I'm afraid. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the the December form, although their their uh, method of ending the world is quite straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these distractions are very effective. Yeah, they definitely put things in place to keep mm. the gang at bay. We've got a good plan. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's called misdirection for slightly obvious reasons, <laughs> I guess. Um, they've definitely thought of ways to keep them distracted while they go about yeah. launching their one nuclear bomb. Yeah. <laughs> in some ways, like it must have been... It hasn't taken too long, it doesn't feel like. Obviously, they've probably been working on their nuclear bomb for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of like being introduced to like MC and stuff, like I wonder... If they kind of had like their ear to the evil grapevine and knew that a ninja had come over and set up shop in London, yeah. Because obviously MC kind of made himself known to Vic when he went to the post office. Yeah. But then they'd already been sent a note about the apocalypse. Yeah. Did we ever establish why they literally warned? Do we know the... that it definitely was the December form that sent the notes? That's true. That's very true. I, I, it would make sense, I guess, that they went to Vic and he wasn't like, oh, something is obviously working against us here so yeah, that's, it that's must true. have been them but it's weird that they yeah it's not clear as to why they were like Haha, the apocalypse unless they just like the challenge of it I don't know I mean a lot yeah it does seem to be they, they just want to end the world it is, it is the challenge to them they're competitive yeah. about it they've yeah. literally stopped another apocalypse yeah. because it wasn't their apocalypse <laughs> uh, a side note as well about Terry mm. do, do you think he should have put a protection spell on his pub like do you think that was something he would have done especially because he's had a demon living there before that is a very good point <laughs> a very very good point yeah so maybe it's like oh maybe I should have done that oh, I never got round to it I had to mow the lawn on Sunday <laughs> maybe the protection spell only works on bed and breakfast but not pubs <laughs> and we still don't know what MC is going to have to come up against as yeah. well I, I suspect werewolves okay but we shall see mm. and this isn't you know, we're only like just over halfway in the yeah. season as well, so it's not like this is the end, the finale, like oh, it's all going down. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see. I mean, I'm guessing they won't end the world, and that's just where it all ends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other episodes are just blank. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what's going to happen? Is MC going to stop them? Is there going to be like a small nuclear explosion or something? Is, is this just another villain of the week where the villain is a bomb, or is this like the end of December form, and then we see some new big bad or the big bad behind the December form, or? Or a I different branch of the December form? I don't know, because I don't think... Because in a lot of TV nowadays, you'll have like kind of the mid-season finale and stuff yeah. like that, where like a bunch of stories will get resolved and then they'll go into the next one. Yeah. But I don't think that was my writing style. I mm. think Buffy and Angel never really did that. It was always like, oh, here's a bunch of episodes leading up to like the big bad as it we go on. It doesn't feel like Villain of the Week. No. It feels like it's, leading, it's been leading up to this. Yeah. Yeah, so I will be really surprised if the December form get taken out mm. so early, mm. unless uh, unless Mrs. Lansbury is the end thing. But that, yeah. again, that doesn't feel as big. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if you've got any theories as to what's going to happen for the rest of the season, uh, the, 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 the season, yeah, the season, the, the season. Did you know there's numerous ways in which you can get in touch? Flawless, absolutely <laughs> flawless. No one will notice I fucked up then at all. You can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com/slash How I Ripped Off Podcast, and we're also on Twitter at How I Ripped Off. And you can find our entire back catalogue on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and YouTube. And if you want to let us know how you would end the world, <laughs> you, you can do so in the form of. A rating and well, you can't do it in the form of a rating. One star for <laughs> nuclear bomb, two stars <laughs> for zombies, 
but you can do it in the form of a review or you can just leave us a normal review let's just go with that make it all simple uh it would help us a great deal um <laughs> do you ever think sometimes we put people off from doing rating and reviews <laughs> yeah there's a point just just forget everything i said just just leave a review yeah it'd be really nice if you're here now season four of tomorrow gason you probably like what you're listening to yeah and, and like come on dude <laughs> yeah it's... give a little back you fucking selfish <laughs> bastard <laughs> love you <laughs> <laughs>